0: minicamp is this week jonah williams i think he's going to be there james we'll talk about expectations for him and minicamp and a little bit more on cordell volson in that year two leap you are locked on bengals your daily cincinnati bengals podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day What up Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Liscoe. He's your host James Rapine. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network and you can subscribe to this show on YouTube or anywhere you get your podcasts. That makes it really easy for you to become an everydayer and everyday listener to this show as we will have you covered throughout the off season and throughout the regular season. We don't take really much time off on this podcast and you can become a, a first listener as well. Part, join that first listen club, making us your first listen every day. This episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash on today to get started. James, really exciting stuff this week. Mandatory minicamp. Jonah mm-hmm. Williams, expected to show up. Mm-hmm. Going to be in that competition to start at right tackle. We'll see what he does this week. He's posted on social media. He looks like he's ready to go as he continues to work through his rehab, I believe in California and man, many camps of fun time. I know it's like the, the last thing they do before they take some time off, but that's when you expect to get the whole team together. It's not, you know, an, an optional off season training activity kind of thing. Like they've been going through, you expect everybody to be there. And that's a, a pretty exciting off season milestone.
1: It is. It, and you're right. Jonah Williams expected to show up. I know, Coaches, players, whoever you want to say, they expect him to be there. And given how active he's been, and not that he's been super active, but over the past week, he's posted a story of him squatting 600-plus pounds. He's posted pictures of him working out, doing agility drills with the man bun, by the way, which maybe we should talk about. Is Jonah Manbun going to uh, have a career year? I think that's uh, an interesting question. That said, clearly he's in shape. At least he, he looks in shape to me in those pictures. I think he was trying to let everyone know that he is working. And we'll see. We'll see how he shows up. Here's my expectation for Joe. I expect Jonah Williams to show up and be as ready to go as any player on this team, given what's on the line. He has as much on the line this year as let's say T Higgins, if he doesn't sign an extension, you know, Mm -hmm. T Higgins is in that what, where he's got a lot on the line, but T's kind of solidified himself as a high end wide receiver in this league. Jonah Williams has not done that. So this is a huge, huge year for him. And so I think the expectation on my end is for him to be locked in focused. Maybe he arrives on Monday. Maybe we know he's there by the time people see this and maybe Goes into the facility on Monday or something like that to pass his physical. That's the other part of this. Is I think team doctors are going to have to look at him and and see. All right, how's the knee progressing from that offseason knee surgery? Obviously, he played through that dislocated kneecap, dislocated it again, and it derailed the end of uh, you know the the Bengal season there because he wasn't able to play. So, where is he health wise? That's a big part because the team doctors haven't seen him since he he left in January. So. That is as big of a deal as any of the on-field stuff, any of the competition stuff I think this week is what Bengals doctors say about Jonah Williams' knee and and how they view the progress he's made this offseason.
0: Because that determines whether he gets on the field or not. No doubt. Or whether, as we discussed last week, he's working with Nick Cosgray and the rehab staff somewhere outside of the media's public, quote-unquote public media's eye, and, and people can see him.
1: Yeah, I think... It would be nice from a, a PR standpoint mm-hmm. to have Jonah Williams lined up at right tackle. <laughs> Just seeing him there. And and so I do wonder what happens. Now, we have seen some guys work with Nick Cosgray on, on the the side during these workouts and we've been able to see them and still take video. That would be great too. I, I think um, that's the the not as much talked about hurdle though, because if he's if he's cleared, if he's given the thumbs up well, then I fully expect him to line up at right tackle with that first team. Not that it isn't a competition. Not that he won't split reps with Jackson Carmen. No, I'm not saying that. Of course, he could certainly do that. But uh, I, that's, that's my expectation. And looking at, at the team and what the team expects, I think – and we've taken a lot of flack, I think, for what our Jonah Williams outlook, mindset, the way we view this situation has been this offseason – where I think both of us expect 2021 Jonah, expect him to be on the roster because that $12.6 million is guaranteed. We expect him to show up and be all in because of what he has on the line and talking with people within the organization. That's the expectation as well. So hopefully the knee is progressing great. Hopefully he's on the field on Tuesday and we get to, to see him and he gets to interact with teammates because there aren't many questions about this team Right? There's not many things that we, we can discuss. like There are little position battles, but there aren't many. And, and this is one where there's just such a, a question mark because we haven't seen Jonah. So hopefully some of those questions are answered this week.
0: Yeah, it's the only starting position that really has those kinds of questions around it. Right, like There, there are roster battles all over the place, but every roster battle we've talked about has been more like who's going to be wide receiver six? Are they going to keep seven? that kind of thing, then who's starting at right tackle, which is very likely, and we've said this all offseason, to be Jonah Williams, unless somebody really steps up in a big way, right? And and that's been the position that we've had more or less all along, except for when Ian Rappaport was out there saying, oh, yeah, this trade for Jonah Williams could come together quickly. Well, at that point, <laughs> then you know maybe there was some doubt that Jonah Williams would be the starting right tackle. Uh, but he's going to be on the team. Very likely at this point, barring some development with Lel Collins, with Jackson Carmen, with the trade market, with injuries elsewhere, with the Bengals being really healthy and confident in their guys going into the season. Very likely that Jonah comes out of that on top. And like you said, uh, we talk a lot about L.C., Lel Collins' motivation and, and his incentive to play and to play well. And to stay on the field for the Bengals, given the the structure of his contract. And and you make a great point. I mean, huge year for Jonah Williams in terms of long-term money, in terms of what his overall NFL earnings are going to look like. Like his big contract, a majority of his NFL earnings are going to happen on the contract he signs after this season, which
1: is huge for him. That's it. It it, it is because – If he gets beat out, and I'm not saying it's not a competition. I'm simply saying Jonah Williams is the favorite. But you think he's getting paid next offseason if Jackson Carmen beats him out? Which would be a heck of a problem for the Bengals to have. If Carmen just takes off at right tackle. Like, great. Sign me up. It's kind of like Cordell who we'll talk about in a minute. If he can just take off at left guard. Yeah, if you draft and develop these guys you'd much rather that, honestly, Mm -hmm. than the other way where you always have to pay these veterans to, to stick around. But Jonah can't lose this starting job. If he does that, how bad does it look? A 30-year-old Lel Collins coming off of an ACL or Jackson Carmen who got beat out by Xavier Suofilo as a rookie who's no longer in the NFL and then a fourth-round rookie and Cordell Volson in year two for starting jobs. Like, that will not look good. So he has a lot. There's no one on the team that has more to gain or lose than Jonah Williams, including Joe Mixon, because of the position he plays. Right, like even if Joe Mixon goes out there and balls out, there's a limit to how much he can earn because he's a running back, and we're seeing that across the league. There's not a a, a huge like Jonah Williams could be a fifteen million dollar a year lineman if he plays well this year. Maybe more. more. Depe- I mean, look at what Mike McGlinchey
0: just got. Look at what Juwan Taylor just got.
1: Yep, and and so that's the blueprint. So Jonah Williams has all the motivation in the world, and part of this segment to me, there should be pressure there and we'll see how he responds to that pressure. Because my expectations for Jonah are pretty darn high, I think, especially considering the way the fan base views him. So we'll see if he can deliver. It's because of the man bun, isn't it? It's not. No? It's not, that might actually subtract points for me. Okay. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going right. to lie to you. I'm I'm just eh, on the man bun.
0: It's a little tiny man bun. It's not like he has really long hair. Like, most of his hair is pretty short. He just has a little I bit like, more on top I, that he has. So I don't that. think it
1: looks bad. That's just not... That's just not the lineman style. I I, I don't know. That's uh ah, like uh, you can. Was, some really good Eli. lineman
0: with long hair though. Long
1: anyway. yeah, Kappa could get away with that with, with the long hair. Oh, okay. Jo- Jonah's got like you know, it's a bit different. That's all. Hey, as long as different works this year, I don't think anyone gives it a a, a, a darn. Yeah, there I'll you be go. PG here or G. I guess that is G.
0: That's the rating. That's I think it's still PG. Oh, anyway, uh, people know that I've had high expectations for Jonah. Throughout his career, going into last year, I had really high expectations. I was pretty disappointed, so I'm with you there on the high expectations, and I agree about the motivation and excited to see how that plays out this week. And, of course, we'll see on Tuesday, first practice open to the media, mini camp. we'll have you covered then. But Cordell Volson has been a hot topic mm-hmm. among his teammates. And we'll get into what Ted Harris had to say about Cordell Volson's future coming up next.
1: Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. Game five of the NBA playoffs is Monday night. Can the Heat extend the series and win a second game in Denver? Oh man, I think this might be the coronation of the Joker. Nikola Jokic, unbelievable. And so whether you're wagering on the Nuggets, whether you think the Heat are going to pull off the upset and stave off elimination for a few more days You need to get to FanDuel right now because you're going to get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500 for all new customers. So what does that mean? That means $2,500 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on the NBA Finals. Maybe you're on the Reds train right now with Ellie De La Cruz. Fine. Go to Fanduel right now and sign up. Visit Fandle.com slash locked on to get a no sweat first bet up to 2,500 bucks, 2,500 right now in bonus bets with Fandle.com slash locked on Fandle, official sports betting partner of the NBA.
0: Cordell Volson is a second year left guard out of North Dakota State for the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody knows that. What nobody knows is how he's going to play this year, but his teammates, both Orlando Brown, who we talked about what Orlando Brown had to say about Cordell Wilson last week with Pro Bowl potential, according to Orlando Brown, with that weight, with that length, with that overall size, and how Orlando Brown can appreciate what size and length can do for you if you don't necessarily have that top-end foot speed and foot quickness and athleticism. But Ted Karras, also speaking glowingly, James, in, in your sit-down with him about cordell volson's future and i thought that listening to what karis had to say after we discussed it last week was very interesting
2: well i think you you know wait till you guys take a look at this guy this year you know he's putting on about 15 pounds of muscle i mean he looks like uh if you saw that picture from the reds field day i mean i mean he's like uh (laughs) he's the tank man i mean he's six six three thirty um you know, does all the right things, has all the tools you'd want in an NFL guard. I mean, honestly, he could probably be a five position player. um, But left guard is just a perfect role for him. And, you know, we we expect a big jump uh, out of him. Um, You know, the, the biggest improvement you have as a player really, you know, as a as a general rule is from year one to year two, because you get a full year under your belt. and Now you're a professional and you understand how the how the profession works. So He's gonna be feeling comfortable feeling you know, he's he's strong as an ox and you know he's really worked on his flexibility his quickness he's had a great spring and you know I got two massive guards around me feels good at center.
1: yeah I, I think w- with with Cordell and it, it's interesting because I think he could follow that same path that Alex Kappa kind of did and Kappa didn't play as early as Cordell did when he was in Tampa but that same path of developing into the one of one of the better guards in the league and coming from a smaller school, one thing, and this is kind of player evaluation-wise, but I, I, I kind of wanted to get your perspective because I'm sure there's a lot of things you may, not you in general, but players may roll their eyes at. The idea of a guy that comes in, and Cordell was 24, going into his age 24 season as a rookie, and there are a lot of guys. good Charlie Jones is another example. Just with COVID and different things like that, they're older coming into the league. And so some will just say, oh, well, Cordell is who he is. He's not going to necessarily develop. I, I kind of chuckle at that and laugh at it. But what what would you say to people that say that because of his age alone, that he can't make that leap that you're talking about?
2: Well, I think that's a ridiculous you know, statement. I mean, w- the NFL, no matter how old you are, you know, when you come in, you have to grow up. So, you know, there's no you don't come in with any experience. And, you know, obviously, the COVID thing is very unique. But I think the only thing the age would, if it would bother anyone, would be Cordell himself, just because maybe he would cut off a couple years of earning potential on the back end. But I don't see that being a problem for him. I mean, he's going to be a 10-year starter at left guard for, for this organization. So, um, no, he's not who he is. He's already. I mean, if you take a you know a snapshot of what he even looked like physically, um, mm-hmm. you know, between the next you know two years it's it's going to be drastically different I, I i didn't feel like i physically became you know kind of my grown man body till i was 28 and um you know that's when i felt like i was just you know finally got to my strongest point in the way I'm, i've maintained it but I, you know 28 was the strongest uh and fastest i've been physically in my career up to this point so i i don't believe in that i think cordell's got a you know it's Ten, 10 more seasons ahead of him and he's going to be a very, you know, a stalwart player, you know, same with Charlie Jones. I mean, these guys, yeah, they're a little bit older. There's a unique college time, but I think you can serve it as an advantage, being a little bit more mature um, and, you know, knowing your body a little bit better as you, as you grow up in the NFL. Ted Karras joined me on Cincinnati Bengals Talk. You can catch
1: that entire interview there uh, on YouTube. He's um, he's confident in Cordell. I mean, I think that's a lot to to say. Ten-year starter. Yeah. For, for a fourth rounder, he said he could play all five positions. I thought that was interesting. The the age thing, it's a hurdle that, again, I think for the next few years is, is going to be something. I think the NIL part of it is going to be something, too, where guys might not come out as early if they're still getting paid to just be stars in whatever college or university that they're playing at. But clearly the Bengals are betting on size, Intangibles, work ethic, like all of those things they see in Cordell that they saw on draft night that they saw during the evaluation process. I think they're just assuming that he continues to take steps forward. What what stood out to you about what Karis had to say about the the 24 soon-to-be 25-year-old?
0: And, and those are a lot of pieces of the puzzle. The the size, the intangibles, the work ethic, the the between the ears kind of stuff. Those are a lot of the pieces to being a successful. NFL offensive linemen, then there's hand placement, hand fighting, hand technique. Then there's foot quickness, flexibility, change of change of direction stuff, right? So, like, that's some of the stuff we talked about last week where I really want to see improvement from Cordell, but he's right. He has transformed his body 15 more pounds. He's listed 6'6", 315 last year. If he's 6'6", 330 right now, and, and you mentioned those pictures of Cordell, at great American ballpark. I mean, Ooh. dude looks big. And it's yeah. not like he ever looked small, but no, no. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 if he's out of 15 pounds, that's a lot of weight. Looks like it's good weight. Doesn't look like he's carrying a bunch of belly fat kind of stuff. It looks like he's just strong and big right now. And one of the things that really stood out to me is Ted mentioned that he's really worked, uh, that, that Cordell's really worked on his flexibility and quickness. And those are two of those things that last week, when we were when we were talking about this, those are those are big factors for me. I think hand placement is another one, but those are two really big things where you would see the the redirect when he needed to redirect and, and change direction and get back inside of somebody who's working across him, where, where you would see Cordell Volson at times look a little stuck. And some of that could be, you know, rookie stuff, some of that could be getting getting worn down. He played a ton last year. He did like like I said in, in last week's show, and we talked about this, led the Bengals in offensive blocking snaps last year. He was on the field when Ted Karras got off the field late in games at times, or if Ted Karras had to leave for a snap here or there, Cordell Volson was still out there. He had more snaps than Ted Karras did last year, by, by a few, by a handful, not talking about a lot, but he was on the field a ton. And so that stood out to me quite a bit if he's making improvements in those areas. And then, I thought it was interesting what, what Ted had to say about the, the age number only matters for the back end of the contract and the back end of the earnings potential, losing those first couple of years, lo- losing some some of that, because what he said about not feeling like he was his strongest and his quickest till he was 28, and that kind of fits the age range, right? Like 25 to 28 is where you expect the physical peak to happen for most sure. professional athletes, but th- there's some good food for thought there, and, and a lot of reasons that... Karis could take that leap, right? If if all of these things do come together for him, that means he's checking all the boxes at that point. And that's how you get that leap from from mm-hmm. a guy like Volson.
1: Yeah, I think it's just really high praise from a guy in Karis who it did take a little bit for him to, mm-hmm. to find his footing. And I think he's going to be I think this is going to be the best stretch for Karis. Like when you look back at his career like personally like i think he'll play his best here and maybe i'm wrong maybe I'll, I'll have to go back and watch some of that patriots film obviously spend a year in the uh with, with the dolphins and, and when you look back that's not the case but i just i think maturity all of those things i think it lines up and i i don't think he would just show so much praise and throw a bunch of praise at cordell unless he believed it so there's high expectations for this line and, and i i have one more thought on it and let's let's get to just our closing thoughts, including um, my thought on the offensive line. We can do that coming up next.
0: High expectations for Cordell Volson. And you love to see it on the one Mm -hmm. hand, the teammate confidence, but you you said you had a a closing thought on the offensive line overall, James. Is this going to be the year that you're no longer annoyed because we have to talk about the offensive line every week?
1: I certainly hope so. I, I hope we do. I hope we have an offensive line segment called Pancakes, and it's just all about how the left side is just these giant maulers. You have Kappa and, and Williams just dominating on the right side and, and Karras just steady presence at center. And, and I think that's the part of this that I, I want to share. There's been so much speculation about, oh, what if Lell Collins, what if you could slide him into left guard? Man, can you imagine? That is not even a discussion. Just to be very, very clear. That is not even I don't even know if that's near the table. And it and it's not on the table when 67 Cordell Volson is healthy. So let's squash that. Now, health changes everything, of course. In and like we said at the the start of the show, when we were talking about Jonah, I think he's the favorite at right tackle. So if you're not hoping for an Orlando Brown, Cordell Volson, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa, Jonah Williams line from left to right, you're hoping for something else. You might be disappointed, but I, I think internally the Bengals viewed that group as the best line they've had of the Joe Burrow era by far, and they feel really good about it, along with the depth behind with Lyle and Jackson, and there's certainly a competition at that right tackle spot. I don't think there's a competition at left guard, though. So, just a little food for thought on, on how they're viewing the offensive line, based on what I've been told, heard, etc.
0: Yeah, I think that we've been pretty in line with what the Bengals thinking has been throughout the off season. And
1: then it's wild. Things it's wild that, how it's lined up, huh?
0: Well, and it, yeah, uh, it's almost as if you're yeah. in the building or something, you know, and and you, I, I didn't even people, just mean
1: me. <laughs> I mean, us in general, like we've, you know, it is what it is. The, the Orlando Brown thing surprised everybody. No doubt. Yes. And it's still such a steal. I, I still can't believe they got him. For 64 over four. Anyways.
0: Well, and, and Joe Mixon, people might say we were wrong about, and we'll see. There's still a little bit of time there, but I think that their plan didn't necessarily come together the way they wanted it to.
1: You can't get everything in the draft. Right. And they didn't keep Piron. I think they were hoping to keep Piron, and that's fine. We All know right, they Joe, were hoping to keep Piron. They tried. Yeah. No. Yeah. So, still haven't replaced Piron.
0: Not directly.
1: So we'll see. That's that's another big offseason question, no doubt. Everyone yeah. focuses on right tackle. Running back is still interesting. Is it just Chase Brown being the home run threat behind Joe Mixon and, and Travion Williams playing, you know, half of that Samajit B run role with with Mixon blocking a little bit more and Chase Brown easing into it might be. You know, you might see like fifty, twenty-five, twenty-five if you're talking about snap count percentage with Mixon. Or maybe it's forty, thirty. 30 or 40, 35, 25. I, you know, I, I think it's interesting to see how that's going to shake out. Do they add someone? I don't know. That's a, a big question mark. And this mini camp could help push them one way or the other. The more they see Chase Brown, the more they see Travion Williams and Chris Evans, they may say, okay, we should probably get a little help here. And, and so who knows?
0: And it's going to be not like they're doing Oklahoma drills, a mini camp, right?
2: <laughs> no. Oh.
0: <laughs> the, the, we're not going to get a feel for which of those guys is like putting guys on the ground in pass protection, having highlight reel <laughs> blitz pickup Ooh. kind of stuff. That's not happening in minicamp. It's we'll, we'll get some seven on seven, I think. They did some seven on seven last week, but expect them to continue to do some seven on seven this week. Yeah. Going to be minimal contact. That, that's the way this team continues to operate going to be very interesting to see if they use their full mini camp allotment of days this year they haven't done that with Zach Taylor they've let these guys go early their goal is to get them healthy and Zach Taylor mentioned July 25th so maybe that's when people are expected to report back for training camp if you're trying to make some training camp plans I'm trying to make my training camp plans which is why uh, that that stood out to me and I think Joe Goodberry also mentioned it because I was trying to figure out when he's going to camp and I'm going to go to camp and all these things so
1: well players may report on July
0: 25th
1: you will not be at camp on July 25th I'll guarantee
0: yeah. that yeah, neither man, will maybe I, for what it's. July right. 28th
1: 29th yeah I'd have to look at the calendar
0: but uh, yeah.
1: it'll be end of July it's always end of July so
0: that's right But mini camp this week anything else you're expecting to see James out of mini camp this week we got Joe Burrow talking to the media for the last time before training camp on Tuesday is currently Mm -hmm. planned. So hopefully have some takeaways from burrow talking there. Anything else?
1: No, excited to talk with Joe about some of these rookies. They're obviously banking on them a bit, a bit, and um, we'll see, but it's exciting. We'll see if Jonah shows up. That's where this gets real interesting. If Jonah just doesn't show up, but I, Mm -hmm. I I certainly, I certainly expect him to. So we'll see this week.
0: Is Jonah going to not show up? Is he going to go the other way and show up and also, Hold court with the media?
1: Hmm. Oh, man. He's you know, up in his driveway. I'm not flying out to Cali to talk to him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll have you covered, regardless
1: of the That's direction. not happening. He'll be there on Tuesday. Anyways. Jonah Williams goes,
0: and, and all the things that are happening at right tackle and throughout Bengals minicamp as they... Wrap up the offseason program. Get ready to have some time off before late July in training camp. And when training camp starts, that means we're really close to the season. Just keep checking off days, crossing off days on your calendar, whatever you do, until the NFL season is here. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We're back after Tuesday's mini camp practice with your mini camp takeaways. Until then, Huda, and have a good one.